Hey, hey, cool cats and kittens. Welcome to Keeping Tabs on the Media with Irma and Monique. How are hey. you, Monique? What's up? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience so we can, they can start getting to know us and who we are and why we're even here today. Yes, of course. Well, of course, as she said, my name is Monique. So we're here partnered today. We're just going to be, like she said, keeping tabs on the media. So what's going on? <laughs> no, no, I'm just chilling here in my PJs trying to roll out with this coronavirus. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm over this, this whole thing. I'm over it. I'm over it. I can't. Monique, what year are you in in school? What's your major? Give us a little background. Of course. Um. Well, I I, I actually don't know what year I'm in. I'm not even going to lie to you. Let me Girl, explain. what? So... <laughs> Let me explain. So I started school like Two, three years ago, I graduated high school in 2015. I'm still a baby. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I started college the following year, of course, and I kind of stopped for two years because, okay. you know, financial, uh, I'm, I'm over it. Financial aid, all of that fun stuff out of yeah. the door, whatever. But that's the reason why I couldn't go to school for two years. So, this was actually my first semester coming back. So, I don't know if I'm technically a sophomore or if I'm almost it sounds like you might be it depends on how many credits you have but it sounds like you might be a sophomore right now yeah I might be but you know school year is almost done I guess yeah and don't feel bad Mm -hmm. I I, uh completed a couple years of school back in the 90s and then I didn't come back for a good 20 years so (laughs) well better late than never so here we are (laughs) yeah there you go I'm a senior I'm, I'm, I'm a comm major and I'm a senior I'll be graduating this spring actually so this this sad little internet semester is gonna be it for me (laughs) wow well I mean this will be a story to tell you like you know I was the first online diploma receiving I I don't know but it was a time to be alive there we go yeah there you go I was a coronavirus graduate (laughs) you know they ended up sending out suggestions for what to do with the graduation and I suggested we do Minecraft like those kids overseas (laughs) (laughs) oh Yeah, you know I what? think that would be fun. I think everyone just needs to get in Zoom class together. And, you know, you have the speakers. They'll speak. You know, you guys are sitting there with your cap and gowns on just so you can feel in the moment so you can have your ceremony, you know? Maybe. Or maybe together. they should just roll out the graduates' names like a bunch of ending credits. Because the truth is, if you were going to be honest, I wasn't going to go to graduation. I just want the diploma. I hear <laughs> you. I hear Let's you, Let's keep girl. that graduation down to a good 10 or 15 minutes max. Thank you. <laughs> But okay, we digress here. Let's go back to the theme. Um, so oh, basically, yes. um, what are, we're discovering, we're, well, we're going to discuss Bernie today and, and basically what the media, what kind of role the media has been playing in coverage of Bernie. And I was just curious as to what you feel about this topic and why it would be important for you to get started discussing this. Well, I mean... Honestly, just aside from everything that's going on right now, what we were discussing with the coronavirus and stuff, it's good to just look at something else that's important that's going on in the media today. And I think this presidential election, it's just, I don't know. I think we all just need to be tuned in with it, especially with the way Bernie has been treated. Yeah. Not even going to lie, those that don't follow politics, or even if you do, you miss the small details. He has been treated some kind of way. I mean, comparing it from now, comparing it to 2016, you know. I'm actually very curious to see how the coronavirus itself is going to play into this because of people not wanting to come to the polls. I believe we had a big one coming up this month and we are on lockdown till the 29th. So just seeing how that is going to play out 
right gonna affect his votes you know it, it it's a very interesting time indeed actually i mean it's kind of sad because people are looking at him like okay it's time to go time to give up and i'm like you guys keep doing that to him nobody ever wants him to shine i mean this is just me just talking but I feel like yeah. they don't want him to shine. Like, give him a chance to put himself out there and speak on how he feel and why he thinks he should be the guy. Like, let him do what he needs to do. Yeah. Well, if you're going to go look into the history of politics, the way it runs, um, it's always been a hand-in-hand with businesses. That's from the time of Lincoln. You know, you'll have a business come in, fund a candidate's run, and this is in exchange for political favors or maybe jobs and offices and things like that. It, it's, it's a give and take that's been around since the beginning of what presidential elections are. And sure. Bernie seems to be the opposite of what that is. You know, if you're going to go into some of his campaign and what they stand for, one of their major messages is that they're not in the politicians' pockets or in the corporations' pockets. That's going to be their main, main topic. Um, I'm going into his site just to pull back a little bit of uh, info on Bernie. Um, under Meet the Bernie. Um, right. Of- I mean, well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, okay. we didn't even let our full audience, you know, for anyone that's not tuned in with politics that don't know who Bernie Sanders is. I mean, by now, if you don't know who he is, now you know. But yeah, we didn't even get into just giving our audience like a little bit of info about Bernie Sanders. You said you were like pulling up some info about him. Yeah, if you go on his site, it'll tell you a little bit of his history in politics. He's a senator from Vermont. Uh, He has been elected to the U.S. Senate after he was Vermont's sole congressman for about 16 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bernie's serving his third term in the U.S. Senate. He won re-election in 2018 with 67% of the vote. He was born in Brooklyn. He actually went to Brooklyn College, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he uh, he moved to Vermont after graduating from the University of Chicago. He moved around a little bit. Um, he actually was a carpenter, believe it or not. And he oh. did a few documentary films. And then he was elected mayor of Burlington when he ran. And he actually, a uh, fun fact about him, he actually won by 10 votes. Uh, so if you think your vote doesn't matter, you just go and look into Bernie's history. Uh, 10 votes. That's how Hello. he, yeah, that was his entrance into it. So, you know, um, I move on over to his page on what their issues are. And they they have a strong stance on the Green New Deal, Medicare for All, Safe America for All. They tout uh, emergency, he actually had a big, big hand in the emergency bill that just came out now and making sure that we had the benefits that we're gonna be getting. Uh, college for All, Workplace, Democracy, just to you know say a few, Housing for All, uh, Social Security. Um, a lot of people like to, page him as a socialist but his team described themselves as democratic socialists okay. so that's just a little bit of background on bernie okay i mean just backtracking on what you said so you i mean you brought up a really fascinating thing that i didn't even know about but you're saying that he vouched for some of the benefits that we're about to receive yes apparently some of the let me let me pull some of that info up because apparently he had a strong hand in it and um by the time the votes came to him Apparently, he wasn't going to agree to the bill that was proposed if the House changed anything on it. Let me just make sure I'm not, uh, while you talk a little bit, I want to look that up. I want to make sure I'm not misquoting myself here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, in light of everything that's going on, a lot of people losing their jobs and stuff, you know, we still have bills to pay. We still have lives. We still have mouths to feed. So 
if we're not able to get our income coming in, it's really good that the country is doing something to benefit us. And just tying how Bernie Sanders is relevant to the media today, perfect example is him vouching for the coronavirus um, stimulus, you know? So I actually want to read into this. Um, let me just see something really quickly. Actually, here we go. Um, I, I pulled up an article in Forbes. Basically, okay. uh, what it says is in reaction to three GOP senators objecting to the levels of unemployment pay in the coronavirus stimulus bill, Bernie Sanders announced he was prepared to put a hold on the legislation to force stronger restrictions on the $5 billion intended for distressed businesses. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott were objecting to the bill granting workers 600 a week or more in unemployment than the typically hourly wages, with Graham saying that it incentivized people to not go back to work. The proposed amendment could delay the intended vote on Wednesday, but even if added, Sanders said he would take action. He said, quote, unless these Republican senators drop their objections, I am prepared to put a hold on this bill until stronger conditions are imposed on the 500 billion corporate welfare fund to make sure that any corporation receiving financial assistance under this legislation does not lay off workers, cut wages or benefits, ship jobs overseas or poverty wages. So, you know, it, he he had a strong hold on that and making sure that we get that $600 benefit that's coming from unemployment. Hello. Whenever yeah, that's going to kick in. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, that's another story for another day. A whole but... <laughs> story. It's a whole different I'm waiting topic, on that money we too. Are. We all are. Awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually just reading into something on the New York Post. Um I don't know. It well, even though they're saying that he did vouch for it, they're saying when the time did come around for him to deal with the coronavirus um crisis, he was holding some campaign somewhere else. So, I mean, let me just get hold on. So just reading what it says specifically, it says from the New York Post, it says Senator Bernie Sanders claims he's too busy dealing with the coronavirus crisis to pull the plug on his ailing campaign. But when it came time to vote on a crucial $1.8 trillion stimulus package Sunday night, the presidential wannabe was in Burlington, Vermont, holding a campaign event. That was their first paragraph. It's actually office. a good example of the negative portrayal that we'll be talking about on Bernie. Right. Um, yeah. It's mm-hmm. actually a very classic example. Um, so basically, that leads us right into segment one, which is about media portrayal of candidates. Um, and, you know, just getting into how important it is and what kind of a hold and impact media can have on how they cover presidential elections. Um, so just getting into a little bit about framing. You know, if you look back into the story of, remember the story of the Native kid, or I'm sorry, the MAGA kid at, that had the Native American protester in front of him. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yep. It was a big story and everybody, oh, yeah, you know, kid disrespects. The whole framing of the story initially was kid disrespects Native elder, blah, 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 blah. But over the days, as this story wore out and you started to pan out what the truth really was, you know, was a totally different story. The kid, um, I'm not gonna say he was a victim, but he wasn't a perpetrator the way he was portrayed. But the way the media framed the story day one, yep, made the story run consistently in a different manner. And that's a big example in a way to set the stage for what I feel the media does in portraying Bernie in election. What do you feel about that? Um, the way the media portrays Bernie in the election, ooh. Yeah, or Honestly, the way they cover his stories and even whether it's his wins, whether it's his losses, just the way, the kind of light that they seem to be shedding on Bernie. 
Right. Yeah. I, I mean, if we take a look back and well, if we could just start, you know, just tracing back to a couple of years, let's start out with, you know, 2016. Mm-hmm. So I would honestly say, you know, the media just hasn't been on his side when it comes to just displaying his character, expressing what his campaign mean, or just the way that they use words about him. So um, I actually found an article from the New York, sorry, from the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. So in the article, um, let me just summarize things for you real quick. Okay. So yeah, so it's just, it was like an opinion piece that was posted on the Washington Post, basically just how the article sounded to begin with. So um, I want to get started with the title, but I have a terrible internet since everyone's home for the coronavirus, you know, now I can't get my Wi-Fi to myself. It belongs to the world. Well, I will say, um, just while you're looking that up, I, I pulled up one for the from the New York Times. They just kind of talked about the coverage or lack thereof. I mean, I remember back in 2016 going to a Bernie rally in the Bronx. There were lines around blocks and blocks and blocks. He filled up the complete St. Anne's Park. There had to be a separate area in the park in the back for people who couldn't get into where he was actually speaking. I mean, he's been a senator that tends to fill up stadiums like a rock star. True. Like you never see this on the media. You ju- they just won't show it. They will not. But in and 2016, you know right. of Hillary's, uh, how do you say, her rallies, there could have been 50 to 100 people there. But the camera always panned in, made it look like there was a big crowd. And this is a perfect example of what was happening in 2016 to Bernie. Constant blackout, media blackout. They just would not show his rallies. They would not show how popular he is. Um, the article that I pulled up in the New York Times actually gave the example of how uh, back in March of 2016, during the primaries, uh, Hillary Clinton actually had a strong lead on Bernie in several mm-hmm. states. Uh, but when it came time to deliver a speech, he did, he did, he delivered a speech to the people of Arizona for nearly an hour. Did anybody in the United States see it? No, that's pretty much what the article reported. Uh, and it just got, it goes into example after example after that of just how many things Bernie did that nobody knew about because he just wasn't talked about, period. Right. Whether he's in the leaves or not, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm, as I was still getting my article up, basically what it was saying is, you know, just using the words exactly what they used in their title, they were basically saying that anyone, specifically Democrats, would be insane to put Bernie Sanders on that platform. Now, when you use the word insane, you yeah. think somebody's just going out of their mind, like they're just ballistic and... I, I didn't see Bernie Sanders in that way. They were just saying some of the values and some of the stuff that he was vouching for and trying to put out there. It was just unrealistic. Like, I remember, so taking it back to 2016, um, once again, I was, you know, back in school, happy living my life. I remember it was just a time where us younger people, we just felt so new. We felt fresh. For a lot of us, it was our first time being able to vote because a lot of people are now 18 and up. So it's our time to vote, and we just automatically gravitated towards Bernie Sanders. So what I remember specifically is a lot of people talking about, you know, he vouched for 
free tuition. He was just very much so for the people. And then we found out that he was, you know, associated with the civil rights movement and stuff. And I'm like, you know, this guy sounds really positive. That's why he had such a big following base. And a lot of them were the younger people. Yeah. So we, as we vouched for them, the media just saw him in a completely different way. They just made him seem like he's unrealistic and he's just out of his mind. And a lot of them like to call him grumpy. I don't know if you see some of the articles where they just call him a grumpy man, but that's what they say about him too. Well, I believe there's a strong reason as to why Bernie has such a young following. The younger following is not as influenced by the media, the television, CNN, any of that. They're online. And they're True. watching reports from different, you know, they're reading the Huffington Post, the BuzzFeed and different things like this and different outlets. Um, the media on television, as we know it, that caters to the boomer generation, that cater, which are the major people that vote. Um, so it, the media does play a strong impact, on, if you'll notice, on how these people vote. The statistics will back this every single time, whereas the younger generation is not impacted by that media as much. They ain't Where that. We, could be, just, we could be, we could use it in two different terms, so. I feel like you guys are more like what you said about your media. And then for younger generation, our. Well, you're wrong now. I'm not a boomer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, our, our media would be, sad to say, but our media would be social media, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitter sometimes. Like if you see an article, you look at the post, and it can say, for example, it could say, Bernie Sanders just did 40 backflips. They could just be speaking of, you know, him just doing something crazy in politics. But for us, us not clicking on the title, we'll just be like, oh, my gosh, you know what? This man is amazing. He has all this strength. He's out there doing backflips. We don't know what's going on. We just like the fluff of it. Yeah, you're getting into citizen journalism right there a little bit. Hello. (laughs) I mean, my major that I want to do is public relations. So I'm kind of learning about the fluff. And yeah. This is what I'm seeing, like, a lot of our generation is gravitated towards. They know about the fluff, but they don't like getting into the hard facts, which is a bad thing. Um, But moving back into the Washington Post article, so the reason why I brought that up, mainly starting out with the um, title where they said, you know, they would be insane to nominate Bernie Sanders. We can already see from just the title alone, he's not favored in the article at all. So they give him the impression of being, like, a socialist. So that automatically gives him a negative look because like okay we want a democracy this is how we want our government to be set up but this man mm-hmm. is all about socialism why would we want a socialist to be our democratic candidate that's the image that they just kept giving people to look at which was a negative aspect so automatically they're going to assume okay this man is out of his mind we don't even is it really to- negative though because what socialism people, yes because these okay so me no they're waiting on the dollar check. True. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Like I said, that could be a whole nother topic. You go right into framing with that. Right back into framing. Right back into the introduction. That's what the media does. They frame things a certain way. Because is it really bad? It's Honestly, not, we're all waiting for that $1,200 relief. It's not socialism when that happens. The farmers aren't calling socialism when, when the government had to bail them out. The corporations are not calling so, uh, their bailout socialism. You know, the people fighting for their social security, which is just about everybody, are not calling that socialism. But if you look back when Roosevelt actually started setting up socialism way back when, he was also called a socialist. And it was considered a bad thing. But yo and behold, everybody is um, depending on those checks now literally Hello. to live you know so it, it, it's uh 
what you're describing ties right back into our original introduction, which is media's framing. And I think I think moving right into it, it pulls us right into segment three, which is the way the media is coveraging or uh, coveraging. Let's work on my mouth. <laughs> but uh, the way the media seems to love everybody but Bernie ties in a little bit to what we've already been saying. You know, the bias against him. Yep. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every- um, go right ahead, okay. love. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just pulling up a little bit. Uh, I have an article here. And titled it's from Jacobin it's it's a it's a pretty independent website but it's pulling in the corporate media's war against Bernie Sanders saying that it's very real Um, and it starts off with supporters of Bernie Sanders have long been accustomed to the nagging feelings that the candidate they champion rarely if ever receives a balanced treatment in the mainstream media many have also grown used to the hearing this impression questioned characterized as the product of a self-imposed victim complex or the figment of the imagination There's never been any dearth of anecdotal evidence of the media's systemic bias against Sanders. When MSNBC legal analyst Mimi Roach declared that Sanders, quote, makes my skin crawl, though I can't even identify what exactly it is, quote, she inadvertently summed up the sentiment of generalized but violent contempt that often characterizes the way Sanders and his campaign are discussed in the airwaves and in marquee newspapers. And just to step away from that article, I can tell you that myself during the daytime watching The View, I literally watch the women talking and I watch uh, Megan uh, McCain saying, okay. well, I can't stand the man. I really can't stand him. But, you know, and this is how they talk about him. They don't talk about his degrees, his, his years in uh, politics. They don't talk about, you know, the bills he's passed, which he's known as one of the kings of passing bills. He's not, they don't discuss his, like you said, his history with civil rights. None of that is discussed. It's just socialist, 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 crazy town, crazy town, crazy town, and leftist. You know, you, we don't we don't get into the facts when it comes to Bernie. And, and this article kind of sums up my thoughts on that. What do you think? But you know what? That's that's what we're basically, you know, speaking on. That's the power. That's the impact the media can have on a person, a whole group of people. They can make one image. They can make your image just look terrible. This man is not in script. Like, honestly, once again, for those that don't know Bernie Sanders, if they even click, you know, type in Bernie Sanders 2020 or Bernie Sanders 2016, you're going to see articles of them calling him crazy. Well, not literally saying crazy. Some of them might, but you know, see articles of them calling him crazy, calling him unrealistic, calling him this, calling him that. But they never get into who he really is, what he really stands for. And he's literally for the people. Yeah, He yeah. wants the country to be for the people. And that's yeah, what yeah. he wants people to understand. That's his bigger picture. But everyone's just seeing the smaller image of, you know what, this guy's crazy. We don't want him up here. Yeah, so they're yeah. continuously just bashing him in ways to let people see that He's just not the fit candidate. He's not fit to be, he's not fit to be president, which is crazy because I mean, look at, you know what? We're not going to talk about our lovely president now, but I mean, looking at who we have in office versus Bernie Sanders. Well, this, this, this goes into the topic that I was kind of bringing up earlier, but Mm -hmm. I I will, I'm going to end on this note for my, for my end of it. Um, the way media covers him versus Trump getting elected and how Trump got elected. Um, in the history of elections, okay, you can go back to when Nixon and Ken- now this is you were probably not around for this and neither was I to be honest with you, but I've read about it. Nixon and Kennedy, that was the first televised ever presidential election. And there have been studies done 
at the time when that happened, some people were still listening to radio only. And basically the way that election went down, Nixon's makeup artist, he was sick that day. His makeup mm -hmm. artist said, this man doesn't need makeup. He's a man. It is what it is. Kennedy, the fly boy of, you know, presidents back at that time came with a tan. They had his makeup done, his hair done. They knew they were ready for television in this medium. And, and this is how this went down. Basically, in a nutshell, everybody that listened to this debate on the radio felt that Nixon was the stronger and that he had won that debate. They were shocked to find that everybody who had watched this on television actually overwhelmingly felt that Kennedy won this debate. And what that uh, goes to show is the fact of television as a medium and imagery. And, it's, and the internet has a little bit of this too. Our country, analytics will show you that primetime television is set at a seventh grade level so that most can understand. Now, this is not something a lot of people are going to want to hear, but let that sink in a, a minute. Primetime television is set at a seventh grade level so that all of our country can understand. Most of us get our news from television and media. We do not get it from participating in politics. We believe we are informed, but are we really? We're informed by what is told to us. So it's not surprising that anytime you have a presidential election, all you have to do is turn off the television mm -hmm. and watch. The more attractive is going to win. Or if there's a celebrity running, he wins. No, no data is going to fix that. Celebrity is always going to win because this is how we get our information. Okay. So, you know, that should tell you a little bit something about who's going to be our next president again. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> and that's the hard reality we got to face because but a lot then, of think people about don't want to wake up. Think about the strength of what media, mm -hmm. just how much they control. You know, the imagery. And, and that's, that's also on us because you have an educated man in Bernie, a man with experience. And then you have Trump who, you know, is a reality star and has been in a couple movies. But who did America think was going to fix this country? I, I don't even want to answer that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I don't even want to answer that because yeah. look, at, look at how the crisis is being handled right now. You know, uh, for someone that we can put in place to be our leader, once again, you said we went with the celebrity. America went with the celebrity. What is the celebrity doing for us? He's supposed to be making us look good, right? No, we, we look bad. We look terrible right now. We look weak. We look vulnerable. This is just how we're portrayed right now. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think in many ways, this has all been a representation of what we are. You know, it, it, he's not even the problem. It's we that are the problem, you know, at this country. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, our system is broken and it is what it is. But for me, to summarize, I feel that Bernie has not gotten a fair shake. I hope to see the day that he does. Uh, yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, this man can be a really good character. Like, he would be a really good play piece in this political system. He has a lot of good ideas that he wants to bring to the table. And it's like they don't want to hear him out because they portrayed him to be this crazy man. And in reality, he's not. Yeah. He's just very passionate about what he speaks on. So excuse him for seeming miserable. Excuse him for seeming unrealistic. He just wants the country to be ran properly. Yeah. That's it. And that, then that's in a nutshell of it. He's enemy number one of the corporate system. And, and that's the underbelly of the problem. You know, it, it's dangerous for him to actually get elected because the truth is, Corporations do run this country, and if you get somebody in who's going to break that down and make sure that the laws speak for the citizens, well, they don't want that. You know that, that's that's a problem. Uh, so they're going to demonize him and compare him to any any the the most the most Marxist Marxist. They're, they're going to take him to the edge 
of what you know socialism can mean you know right uh, and you know what this man put up a really good fight throughout these both of these presidential elections he put up a really good fight because you know what people didn't think he would come back for 2020 and then those that actually believed he would come back now a lot of them are just like mm, maybe this is not your time again but it's like giving candy to the baby and keep taking it back and giving them something to fight for and then just keep taking it back from them why is he being are you talking about the dancing right now (laughs) you know what (laughs) and that no that's actually a good i'm gonna say that that's a good spot to end our podcast we've gone well over time but i think that we covered a lot of good topics here and i you know hopefully for the next one i'll get paired up with you and we can talk about this again right that was a good podcast i think so too Yes, well, here was Keeping Tabs on the Media. I am Monique. And I'm Irma. See you all next time. It's a wrap, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.